Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Alice Visser. She's a professional triathlete based in the Netherlands. And the way I came across Alice was through, through Instagram, but um, primarily through a story that she shared on a, a TEDx talk about being stranded in the Indian Ocean miles out from shore and uh, basically being a, a shipwreck survivor. So Alice, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast. Hello, and thank you for having me. So you, uh, you basically started triathlon two years ago, but uh, mm-hmm. it was four years ago that the, you had this life experience that very few people can uh, will actually go through and mm-hmm. a, an experience where you were lucky enough to come away with your life, but it could have very easily gone the other way. Uh, can you share with the audience what what happened four years ago? Yes. Um, I was backpacking in Indonesia um, and did an internship for my, my flight home. Um, I was backpacking in Indonesia um, and did an internship for my medical studies. Um, and then in the last week, I had uh, one week left um, yeah, to, I, uh, to my flight home. And then I decided to make a boat trip from the island Lombok to Komodo. And it was a four-night boat trip, um, and then on the second night, um, yeah, in the middle of the in the, of the darkness, we got alarmed by the crew uh, because we were making water, and um, yeah, we were sinking like in the in the middle of the ocean. Um, yes, yeah, so um, the the thing was that um, we couldn't uh, make contact with people on land, and we couldn't uh, alarm people. So nobody knew that we were sinking in a, yeah in the middle of a black ocean, um, and yeah the water was coming in really quickly, um, and then I think it took an hour or so, uh, and then we were like a really big wave. Was- so what what happened with the boat? Was it uh, did, did it start taking on water? Like was there a hole in it, or was it was it the waves? There, the- there was a hole in it, and the water uh, it was like a really. Um, uh, yeah, the weather was really bad, so the waves were really high and the water was really rough. Um, and uh, during the evening, there were already some windows that broke because of the wind and the high waves. Um, and it was a very simple boat as well. I was a backpacker, so for me, it was a really cheap option to make the trip on this boat. So it wasn't like the best, um, yeah, yeah, the best maybe the best choice. Um, and then, yes, there was a hole in, in front of the boat and that was making water. And when you're in the, when you're in the ocean, you jumped overboard, could you see mm-hmm. lights? Could you see sort of where you had to go from there? What was it, what was it like? The only thing, um, like black, it was like all black. And yeah, when we looked up at the sky, then we saw like lots of, lots of stars. Um, but the other thing was, yeah, it, it was black, so we didn't see anything, nothing. Um, and we couldn't even see like each other. So we had, uh, we all had, um, we were lucky to have, um, life jackets with, um, some survival whistles on it. Um, so sometimes when we couldn't see each other, then we used the survival whistles to yeah get back together. Um, and yeah, that was really anxious as well because you're in, in the middle of the night in the in the in the ocean with the waves coming. Um, yeah, are like all around and really big waves, so really cold. Hmm. Um, and um, 
yeah, also then the fact that you you can't see anything. And then how long until the sun came up, you start, started to see light, and then was it an island that you could see, start to see light, and then was it an island that you could see off the off the coast that you could start mm-hmm. making your way over to? Yeah, so we sank around uh, 11 p.m. and then the sunrise was um, about 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, So yes, we had first of all we had to wait the whole night in the in the black ocean um, to yeah to wait till sunrise. Um, And then we had like some conversations together about uh, if rescue was coming or not. Um, But was also like yeah really quiet because we were so anxious and really. Uh, shocked with what happened and we couldn't do anything yeah just waiting till sunrise and then when um, after sunrise then we saw um, yeah in far in the distance we saw a mountain shaped island so we were surrounded by like the all the ocean but at least we could see yeah land and one island but we also realized that that island was um, that it was like almost impossible to go to that island and and you started to swim across eventually or were you just hoping for the for some boats to come or what was the mm-hmm. what was your thought pattern when you when you started to mm. say it was there yeah so when that we saw that island and that island became visible then we had two options or waiting in the ocean and we had one small lifeboat for about six people um so one option was to stay in the middle of the ocean with that small lifeboat and waiting till yeah, maybe rescue would come, but we couldn't like make contact with anyone. So nobody knew that we were sinking. So then we had to wait for a passing boat. Um, but the days before we didn't see any boats. And the other option was to trying to swim to that island. Um, and we almost knew for sure that we couldn't reach it because it was so as well. So we almost knew for sure that we couldn't reach it because it was so far away, but at least, yeah, we could try because the other option waiting by the lifeboat was not a, bit, a good option as well. So it was like really, okay, one of another. But for me, as soon as I saw that island, I thought, okay, I have to go to this island and I want to try to to make it. And um, yeah, probably I'm not going to make it, but at least I can try and I, uh, I will fight for my life instead of that I wait here in the middle of the ocean and just it's passive waiting and do nothing. Um, Yes, yeah, so then we started arguing a bit and fighting what we had to do. Um, and I really wanted to swim away to that island, but um, I couldn't convince the other people. And um, they said it's too dangerous to, uh, yeah, to swim to the, to the current of the ocean. And um, yeah, it's so far away. And when you like, can't rest, and then here we have the lifeboat, and uh, better to wait here with the lifeboat. Um, so yes, it was really yeah what I said two options that we had and um, people with different um, yeah opinions and um, different feelings on what we had to do. So yeah, it was pretty pretty difficult. Um, but for me, um, yeah, what I said for me it was the island, and I couldn't think about anything else. So I had yeah in. I think it was about 10 a.m. in the morning that I thought, okay, I have to to leave here now as soon as possible because uh, I can use the whole way now when when there's daylight to 
yeah, try to make it to this island instead of that I wait there for any longer, losing more energy. This so, um, mm. yeah, I decided to leave. And so, <laughs> was it was it just you by yourself who decided to leave, or was five people? And I left, and four others came with me. So five of us mm. started swimming, and the others were waiting in the ocean. And yes, and then how long did it take you? Or roughly, how long did it take to make it to the island? So yeah, we started swimming with five people and I swam a bit faster with the lady from New Zealand. So we became separated and I continued uh, my way with um, Galen from New Zealand. Um, and we just arrived on the island before sunset. Um, How far do you think so it was in, end, in, in hindsight? That it... um, that's like a question that I really or a question I still have and that I really want to know. But I think mm -hmm. you can't really say because it's so depending on the currents of the ocean. And um, um, yes, I, I have no idea. No idea. We, no we swam for about no uh, eight <laughs> hours. No Garmin. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one for Strava. <laughs> was it really old? <laughs> That'd be one for Strava. <laughs> was this, with a, this was with a life jacket on as well? This was with the life jacket, yes. So, so we swam on our very back. Slow. Wow. Yes, and we had to because the life jackets were from the year 1970 or so, so they were really <laughs> old and we couldn't close them. So we had to swim on our back to fold our arms across the life jackets to yeah to tie them, and then we made like leg strokes with um, yeah leg strokes. So God uh, on the back we made our way to the islands. And you would have been so well, so hungry and thirsty and exhausted by the time you you got there. What what happened once you once you reached it? Um, when we started swimming, I was making jokes with one of the other swimmers. Oh, when we arrive on this island, and um, it's all good, and then we're gonna drink bintangs. It's the local <laughs> Indonesian beer, and oh, then it's all good again. But then arrived on that island, um, we realized that it was a volcanic island. Um, with no uh, inhabitants and there was no food, no shelter, no water, there was nothing. Um, so, yes, yeah, step two was to survive that island. And it wasn't, okay, we are, um, uh, yeah, we are rescued now. So we were out the water and I was really relieved with that. Um, but step two was uh, to survive the island. <laughs> and, and, yeah, go all bear grills and just try and find a way to, to survive what um did it so the two of you uh you and the new zealander made it across and then mm -hmm. the other three did you um did you see them come come in later or could you see them once you hit the shore yeah when we when we uh reached the shore then we were looking into the ocean to yeah trying to see if we could see the others and the thing was that the lady from new zealand she left her husband on sea so she was really we made our way her husband um but yeah, the only thing we could see was like ocean and waves and no people, no boat, nothing. Wow. Um, so we made our way on the island. And what we heard um, the day after, um, that the others, the other three people who were swimming, they could see us on the island, but they couldn't reach us because like the currents was changed and they were like um, pushed to another part of the island. Huh. So they did eventually mm. make it, but a completely yes. different part of the the island exactly yes Jeez. yes especially around there like <laughs> the currents can be so strong oh. off the off the mm -hmm. coast there's just you can't swim against them at all it's just yeah so strong there so um mm -hmm. 
and, and then how long uh so you, you hit the island and then uh how long until you were eventually well rescued or found rescued. or what yeah what was the what happened there with, mm. what happened there with, mm. We, we slept a night first, on or? the island and we were um, trying to yeah, trying to find some water and uh, maybe something to eat, but we couldn't find anything. Um, so at the end of the day, we yeah, collected our own urine and started drinking our urine to at least yeah, um, stay hydrated. Um, and then we found a sheltered place to sleep and it was close to the beach so we could have a look in, um, yeah, to the ocean to spot passing boats. Um, and during our, yeah, we slept for a night there on, on the beach and then we woke up by sunrise and then we saw in the early morning we saw a boat passing by. Um, so we started waving with our life jackets to trying to get their attention. But the boat... It was also for me like kind of confirmation that um, I wasn't like really expecting that that boat like would stop to yeah we were going through this accident so that boat it continued and passed away and wasn't visible anymore um, and then we yeah were trying to find some water and trying to find some food and a couple of hours later I think it was late morning then the same boat that we saw in the early morning it reappeared. Um, but now it was yeah, motoring towards us hmm. um, and um, yeah, then they, they found us and rescued us. And the thing was that um, they had seen us in the morning and they also saw us waving with our life jackets, but they thought that we were local people, maybe some local fishermen. So they continued their way. But then the other three people who were swimming as well, they were also, they also started waving with their life jackets and then the same boat they saw the other three and they thought okay maybe huh. we have to yeah we it's worth it to at least to have a look yeah we it's worth it to at least to have a look if something is going on there and then they realized that yeah we were in troubles did that uh, and then were you the first to be found or was it the people on the boat that got found before you no we were the first to we um yeah who were found so after we we got rescued we made our way in towards yeah into the, the ocean again trying to find the other people with the small uh, lifeboat um and they had spent already two nights in the ocean um but it was so big and we there were there were yeah it's it's only like an ocean that you can see and it's so hard to spot like uh yeah, a few people in in sea. It's yeah, yeah. You can't like really spot these people. Um, so then we decided to um, drive to the closest island, and then we alarmed police and rescue teams. And in the end, the other people were found it uh, found uh, at the end of the day, um, and they were still like with a little lifeboat, and they were drifted away from shore. Um, and two Spanish passengers, um, they also decided to swim to the island. Um, and these two passengers, they were never found anymore. Wow. So your, so your decision to swim across the island might've saved, might've saved everyone on the boat. Who knows what sort of would have happened after that. It's 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 not, it's not, um, uh, sure. Like who in who um 
Yeah, which boat in the end rescued the other people? If it was like from the rescue team that we sent, or it was just mm. a passing boat. Um, so yeah, I can't say that like. Uh, that it, so yeah, I can't say that like. Uh, that it was like really yeah because of us. And uh, once you once you got home after that, was there any sort of was there a period of time where you were mentally just something that you that mm. had really affected you how long did that last and and mm. is it something that still sort of comes up four years later mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so when i came home um i started the week after i started again with my studies and um with the last year of my medical studies um because i want also wanted to continue with my normal life and i thought okay i can't take a break now but i i don't think it will help um so yeah, i picked up my studies and um yeah starting doing my last internships um but then i think i suddenly realized what happened to me um and that i didn't like really understand that i was still here and that i had the, still the opportunity to live because for my feeling um yeah it um yeah it's what it wasn't like really or it felt that i didn't have to be here um instead of yeah that I, that i was here and that i could continue my life it felt not yeah not really um how it's supposed to be um and i also got a bit anxious on street so i was like when there were like some dangerous moments, maybe in in the in the traffic, then I got like really panicked, um, and I was scared like that something uh, would happen with me again. Um, but in the end, I got really good support from my family and from my friends, um, and about the accident, and they really supported me and gave me emotional support when I had difficult moments. Um, so by the time I got through it and I felt better and better and um, and now it's part of my life and I still think a lot about it and every time when I see the ocean or when I swim in the ocean then yeah then I think about the accident and um, also last weekend I had a race in Malaysia and it was pretty close to Indonesia and then I have a look at the ocean and then I'm also really uh, thankful that I'm still here and um, I realized that we as humans, we are so small um, in an ocean and we have nothing to say because it's so powerful. Mm. Um, and you can be such a good and such a strong swimmer, but um, we are so dependent on the currents and on yeah on the ocean that we, are, we don't have anything to say about it. My, we, are, we don't have anything to say about it. And for me, I think during that time in Indonesia, it was just not my time to die at that moment. And the ocean, it helped me that day instead of that it was my enemy. So, um, yeah, now every time, yeah, when, when I'm at the ocean and see the ocean, then I really want to show my respect for it or so. Yeah, I've, one, uh, one time I've seen the ocean be extremely humbling was I was in, in New Zealand at a, a surf break called Raglan's. And mm-hmm. there's a very strong current there, and at, at the at this time of day, there was a there was a surfer who was about 
it's probably 15, uh, no, probably 25 meters off from the shore. And you could mm-hmm. sort of get this, you could surf this wave and then you'd sort of get taken, taken back, you'd paddle back. But if you were mm-hmm. just a couple of meters too far across, then he just was strong. And this guy sat up yes. on his board and he just got, basically, he was trying to paddle against it for about 45 minutes until he had nothing left. And uh, <laughs> then he just sat up and he got taken by the current. And in about 20 minutes, he was gone. He, we couldn't see him anymore. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and so luckily there were some people watching and they called emergency services. And a guy, Surf Lifesaver, came on a jet ski and he went out looking for him. Half an hour later, returns. He hasn't got him, and he comes into the beach <laughs> and he talks to a few of the few of us who had, were watching. And he just said, like, you know, what's what's the go here? Where where is this guy? And we said, oh look, he's been gone for almost an hour now, <laughs> out of sight. So you might just need to keep going further. And luckily, <laughs> half an hour later, he comes back and he's got this guy. But had people not been there to call emergency <laughs> services, services, he'd be he'd be in the middle yes. of the ocean at the moment. It's just. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's just yeah very um makes you feel very small yes yes definitely mm-hmm. and, and, and so, it's also for me that i realized that it was a really big risk to swim to the to that island um but i for me in the end it was the, the best decision and what i said the ocean was my friend that day and um the current didn't take me but maybe helped me a bit more towards the island um but it could have been the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And did that, so what kind of role did that play in in becoming a professional triathlete <laughs> and racing full-time? Mm. Like for me, it's now that I really want to make the most out of my life and then enjoy every day I have. Um, I don't look too far ahead anymore. So I'm a doctor at the moment and um, I really have the dream to become a good surgeon for the world. And um, uh, so, so I, I really have passion for my, have passion for my medical job and I really uh, like it to be a doctor. Um, but um, yeah, I fell in love with the triathlon sport as well. And I discovered a talent uh, in myself that I never knew that I, I had this talent um and i just started racing and i signed up for an ironman and i really enjoyed the whole journey towards that race um and i had a really good result and it was such an amazing time and um yeah enjoyable period that i thought yeah why not like give it a go as a professional triathlete and uh, just enjoy it and see what I can make out of it and um, try to be the best I can be in this sport. And as long as I enjoy this um, and um, yes, see it as a big adventure um, and then I will keep doing it, enjoy it anymore, then there's always something else um, like my medical profession, which I really enjoy. And then I can go back to my medical job. But at this moment, um yeah, it's such a big adventure and I travel a lot. I meet a lot of new people. I see a lot of new cultures and the whole triathlon sport because I only started two years ago. So it's still new. So I still learn a lot from it. And every race, it's a new experience for me and a big learning process. Um, and yes, it's 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 a lot of fun for me and uh, really interesting and a big learning process. So um yeah i try to make the most out of it and 
what I say, I, I, I experience life can be short. So um, enjoy it every day and give, yeah, give it all. And uh, That's fantastic. Mm. It's, it's uh, <laughs> and especially you've only been you know, doing, doing it for years. You've had some, some really good results and there must just be so, there must be so much there that you've, you've still got to, I guess, improve and you can still learn mm. from only doing it for, for two years, which is what mm -hmm. must make it really exciting too. Yes, definitely. Yes. And the other thing which is really interesting to me is, especially with the long distance races or the half distance or full distance races, that the mental part is such an important um, part of the race. Um, and I, I think through what I've been through in Indonesia, that it, um, like really, that I really had to survive, and I really had to fight for my life, and that I can use this in my races. So when I have a difficult moment, and um, yeah, sometimes I think back to the the days in Indonesia, and then I think, okay, I can continue, and it's not that I'm gonna die really low, and it's not that I'm gonna die here on course. So I'm just Take care of yourself and um, yeah, make it to the finish line and keep fighting. Um, and that's yeah, what I really like in the Ironman races. That it's it's such a tough race and uh, it's a big physical and mental challenge. But we as humans, we um, are capable to achieve a lot of things, and we have such a physical and mental strength that. Um, yeah, we can test it to the limit in Ironman. And I think it. I think it's great. Mm. Absolutely, that's when you feel most most alive. I, I reckon. Like I, I've yes. done. I've only done one Ironman event, but and I've done mm -hmm. a twenty k swim uh, over in Western Australia. And I, I think mm. between those two things and and surfing, surfing some pretty big pretty big waves over in Bali a couple of years ago felt most like there's just that the energy that you get inside of yourself when you push the limit and you're tested it's you you really get to sort of find something out about yourself and it's that reflection mm -hmm. afterwards and the the following few days where it, things become a lot a lot clearer and you sort of can look back at what you've done over the last couple of months and see what's worked and what hasn't and it's um mm -hmm. it's not until you actually get to that that point where you're right on the on the edge that that you really get to um i don't know it's like you get to the point where all the stuff that you've put in in the past get it comes to this this point where you mm -hmm. actually um yeah where you really just get to uh to test yourself and and see what you're made of and it's those life experiences that add up and add up and um i think it's what really mm -hmm. makes makes for a good life and it's it's exciting and yeah i've, I've never felt the same sort of uh buzz as you know walking through that shoot nine man or mm -hmm. um, coming off a definitely a really big wave like it's just uh it's very different than anything else i've experienced mm. yes is it, is yeah, it, totally do you still agree. get that buzz afterwards yes or? i do definitely yes yes for sure um and i think it doesn't really matter if you have raced 10 or 20 or 30 ironman it's you still get that feeling when you cross the finish line and Every time, it's uh, it's another big achievement, yeah. and it also I think it doesn't really matter if if the, the time doesn't really matter. It's just uh, yeah, the completement of such a big race as an age group or as a professional. For everyone, it's the same, and every individual works so hard for it, and that's 
another thing what I really like is you are on course together with the age groupers and um, yeah, with the slower and the faster people, but we are all fighting for the same goal. Um, and we are all giving, we are all giving, yeah, our best to to achieve the uh, achieve that goal and to reach the finish line. And um, I think it's such a strong community and um, or yes, a powerful community um, with lots of energy in it and um, yeah, really people who live their life. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a great thing to to be a part of and for. Mm. Um, for those people listening, how, what's the best way to get in contact with you? What are your social media handles? And you've done the, the TEDx mm. talk I'll put on our website um, yes. along with the, uh, with the podcast as well because I think that's it's, uh, worth, worth watching and, and goes into some more detail mm-hmm. as well that we didn't, uh, didn't talk about today. But what, how can people mm-hmm. get in touch with you? Um, I'm mainly um, on my uh, Instagram, uh, elsefisher3. Maybe you can put the link as well. Um, and I also have my own website, elspicer.com. Awesome. We'll make sure to link those in the, <laughs> uh, in the show notes. So Alice, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me on the pod- podcast and best of luck You're for welcome. all the, the upcoming races. And uh, I know that you're completing your PhD at the moment, so you, there'll be a bit of uh, downtime there, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting to see where you, where you can get to over the next three, four, five years and uh, being so, mm-hmm. so new to the sport. So, um, well done on your on Keep your past results. And we will, we will. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.